Tonight, we are pleased to announce the addition of two new members. Our first electee was a five-tool player, respected for his instincts and all things Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast, Larry Walker Hall of Fame induction extravaganza. I am your host, Drew Priestman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And it's going to be a little bit all over the place, but a whole lot of fun today. I want to throw it to a live conversation that we had down at Blake Street uh, with a lot of people involved in the immediate aftermath of Larry Walker being officially and finally inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I want to begin us all first, as you'll hear me say later, uh, with basically an acceptance speech of sorts that I forced Manny Rondawa to give. So we'll begin there, and then I will hopefully, uh, to some degree, artfully segue us into the larger conversation. So here we go. At this time, I would like everyone to welcome one of the people who has been most responsible for the news that we have just witnessed today. Maybe the person, I might argue, who is most responsible, other than Larry Walker. For the news that we have just heard, and that is that Larry Walker will be the first member of the Colorado Rockies in the BBWAA Hall. And to my left currently is the man who spearheaded the campaign to get him in. A man who... (laughs) uh, (laughs) man who wrote a book uh, that chronicled all the Blake Street bombers and... It is a must-read for any Rockies fan. And it it is, you know, people like me can say and do everything that we can say, and people like Dan Evans can present all of the information that it can. But things like this don't happen if somebody doesn't take charge and respond to literally every person with four followers on Twitter who makes a bad argument about Larry Walker who would never let it stand... And so I'm going to get out of the way and just say, Manny Rondawa, thank you. My voice doesn't, my, my voice doesn't project very well. Um, but listen, first of all, this is about Larry Walker. Um, Larry Walker should have been in the Hall of Fame 10 years ago. Um, he had, a, he had everything in his way. Um, he had, we were just talking about this before, he had, um, there was a 15 year eligibility that got knocked down to 10, a 
few years ago, and they didn't grandfather Larry into that. So if he had missed right here, he wouldn't have get, gotten in next year, which he would have if there was 15 years. Um, he had the whole course field thing hanging over him. He had the whole games played thing hanging over him. Um, and he had a lot of a lot of um, a lot of false assumptions surrounding his candidacy. And I still can't believe it. Um, I I I gotta be honest with you. I thought he was going to be uh, a, a couple of votes short, um, literally, not just figuratively. And uh, I'm thrilled. I think this is incredible. Um, it's not. There's no way that I, I could could possibly have remotely been close to the only person responsible for this. Um, we had national writers pick up the cause. I really think Tyler Kepner's New York Times article had a lot to do with this, because they're the old schoolers like those New York Times uh, writers, you know. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think that helped, you know. And I right before it was the week before ballots were due. Um, I think that um, you know we had uh, a lot of people take up the cause. Keith Olbermann, um, you know, people who you never knew were going to come out of the woodwork and just, you know, s you know, just slam everybody with more and more and more Larry Walker content. So I think that this is a testament to the power of um, social media. It is a testament to the power of um, statistics, and it's a testament to the power of a changing demographic in the Hall of Fame voting cohort um, and this is for Larry Walker who had an outstanding career he's one of the greatest players of all time and now he have, now he will be recognized as such and um, I hope all of you will be out there in Cooperstown uh, in July watching him yeah right now watching him oh really we got people already booked, oh, yeah, just, making plans I just paid we got people who already booked hotels all right um, that's awesome so um Enjoy this, all right, because I know that the Rockies, I'm not a Rockies fan, I didn't grow up around here. Um, I, I grew up in California. Um, when I started writing the book, I, 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 20 bucks. 20 bucks I, learned, I, I learned too much. I, I started to, to learn more and more about Justin and how tremendous of a ball player this guy was and how much of a travesty it was that he wasn't already in and that he was facing his last ballot. Um, so... This is a victory for Larry. This is a Hey, everyone. So it appears in all of the goings on, somehow my computer didn't manage to record the entirety of uh, Manny's speech there. So I'm just going to segue us into uh, the rest of our conversation and getting into this. If I can find the rest of that, I promise you I will make sure to include it in a future podcast um, and, and tell the story that I, I told after that as well. But um, for some reason, I just can't seem to find the rest of Manny's speech. A lot going on. Uh, it, the, the computer did a lot of recording on this day, but uh, apologies for that. Let's just get right into the rest of the conversation. All right, welcome into uh, another very special edition of the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase and tell them how elated you are on this day. It has not been an easy news cycle for the Colorado Rockies in the last 24 hours until suddenly it was again. Uh, I'm sitting here with Patrick Lyons down at the Blake Street Tavern. Manny Rondawa is going to be joining us before too long. He's currently in on a conference call with Larry Walker, and, and we'll get plenty of information out of that before too long. But um, 
I'll have edited into here somewhere my reactions and, and the speech. We may even start this thing. I've, actually, you've probably already heard. I'll do it that way. The speech that Manny Randawa gave uh, in, in the moment this was concluded. So I do want to throw things to you, Patrick. Uh, what? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go with what and a question mark after it. Yeah, th this is probably one of the most special podcasts, I think, in the DNVR Rockies history. Um, with obviously the, the first ever Colorado Rockies player or member of the entire organization in a piece. In any capacity. Yeah, in any capacity. A piece I did uh, last year. You know, there's been a lot of you know, storied coaches that have worked with the organization uh, in, in various different capacities, and, and none of those guys have gotten in. And now, Don finally, yeah, Don Zimmer, Dwight yeah. Evans. Right. Dale Murphy, we know, um, in, in, in the opening year in 93, but it's finally come to fruition, and now the Rockies really are on the map. You know, my, my background, as we've discussed before on, on the show, is a, a kid growing up in New Jersey and watching countless Hall of Famers get into Cooperstown and get enshrined in the Hall for the Yankees and uh, seen again for the Phillies and Mets and all that. And, and you know, it, that's kind of the, the origin. That's, that's the mecca on, on the East Coast. Cooperstown, the New York Philly area. There's so much baseball. You could drive five hours in any one direction, and there's any number of, of 10 different teams playing a game. But out here in the Mountain Standard Time Zone in Colorado, uh, there's there's nothing but the Colorado Rockies baseball. And for now, for you know the Baseball Writers Association of America and the Hall of Fame to finally acknowledge this organization in some capacity and say, hey. No, they, they really are one of the 30, and they really are a part of baseball's history, albeit the modern history, but you know what? They are an invaluable part of baseball's history for now and forever. Yeah, you know, we did the, the conversation ahead of time, and, and I took a poll of the room that we are still in, and it was unanimous that the people here who I think fairly represent the hardcore Rockies fan felt that this whole thing was a referendum on their organization, that it wasn't just about Larry Walker. And for this news to, to come to them, you're right, it's a validation of their fandom, of the organization, not just of one person's career, of the validity of the brand of baseball that is played in Colorado, unique as it is. And we all do still admit that it is. But I, I wanted to ask you about uh, particularly uh, what we got to see there from Larry in his interview that, that we were watching, of course, on MLB Network. <clears throat> the announcement, it was one of the most Larry Walker things I think we've ever seen. Guys wearing a SpongeBob SquarePants shirt. He's got his dog with him. A huge smile on his face. What were some of your main takeaways from uh, what he said and was asked about in that interview? Well, I think he was just himself, you know. He also had a Garth Brooks hat on for, for one of his charitable organizations, so that was nice to see that, you know, in, in his big moment to shine, he's thinking about other people and, you know, giving back to the community. So he was just himself, and uh, I don't typically get excited for Hall of Fame speeches. Uh, sometimes they can go on a little bit long. But uh, I, would, I would say I'm, I'm really excited to hear Larry Walker's speech just because of his personality, the kind of guy he <laughs> yeah, is, right? the shout-out he's going to give to the Colorado Rockies, and, and at the chance that one of our buddies, Manny Randawa, could be uttered in a Hall of Fame speech 
in Cooperstown, you know? I mean... Who knows what the future holds for us, but that, maybe, for us, could be the closest we ever get right, right. to being a Hall of Famer or really being inside the Hall in that capacity. So I, I really hope Manny kind of gets that uh, recognition that he deserves uh, for, for putting you know Walker out there, and I, I'm sure that certainly will be the case. So it was cool to see Larry in his moment talking about other people, sharing those stories, and knowing he's got so many more to come. Let me ask you this, and I, I don't know the answer to this question. Um, how much of Manny's campaigning had a, an impact on you? Because obviously, like, while I agreed with everything that he said, Manny's campaigning had zero impact on me. <laughs> I did not need to be convinced that Larry Walker belongs in the Hall of Fame, and, and he and I have worked together on this for a while. But when you saw his passion out there and his vociferousness over this issue, what kind of impact did that have on you? I would say it probably had, you know, close to, you know, 50% as far as which way I would go. So there's a third of me that, you know, recognizes obviously his importance to the organization. And when you're, you know, one of the all-time greats, even with a newer franchise like the Rockies, you say, okay, that's that's one feather in your cap that, that separates you from the rest of the pack and says, okay, maybe you're a Hall of Famer. Then there's the gray area where, you know, it just probably requires you to go back do a little bit more of a research. So I might have come to that on my own. And then there's another third set that says, well, no, when I, if I come up with a list of the all-time greats uh, from this era, Larry Walker might not be on that list. Then again, it might be a short list, right? We see the percentage of guys that get in, and when we think of the all-time greats, we only think about the starting lineup, maybe not the backup right fielder. And, you know, when you hear the argument that Manny makes, you realize, like, you know what, even if he was second to let's say Sammy Sosa or to Manny Ramirez he's second and that still deserves a place in the Hall of Fame and you know when, when you look at, at not the counting stats but the rate stats and you look at something that's park adjusted like um, OPS plus and, and war and all of that and you go yeah okay he might not have had the opportunity to do it in the postseason that much that's not his fault and just because so many of the Yankees players got to do it time and time again, and so many of those guys were not Hall of Famers. Scott Brocious had a nice little career, was a World Series MVP, but far from a Hall of Famer. So when you were able to put those things in context, and you sometimes you need somebody to step up and do that and say, you cannot ignore this. You need to look at this. Manny did that. And so for me, that... You know, that, that, that pushed me over the edge of something I, I might have come to on my own. But it wasn't a gut feeling that I had. It, Larry Walker was not a gut, no doubt, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame guy, right? right. Uh, and and you, might, you might say that too, maybe not first ballot. But bottom line is, is he a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. And, and Manny had, had definitely had something to do with that. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I don't think I am absolutely 100% certain that the worst case scenario for Rockies fans today would have been for Larry Walker to narrowly miss and for Derek Jeter to be inducted unanimously. For sure. And one person, one brave soul, <laughs> one courageous individual. From Boston. Oh, well, certainly. <laughs> we right? don't know. We, we don't know. We were a, come a lot. Like, let's, let's be honest here. Um, <laughs> made it so that the opposite was the case. So that neither of those things, that Walker is in and, and Jeter is not unanimous. And... This is something I've had to deal with since, and by the way, I owe you, and I've, I've talked about this, a great deal of credit for the fact that I am now a member of the BBWA. 
And this isn't just a theoretical conversation for me anymore, even though I'm not yet playing with live ammo. I know at some point I will be. And these conversations can be really complicated. Do you think first ballot or unanimous first ballot matters? No. No? No, it doesn't matter. Okay. No, you know... it, I love it, this it, take. It, I disagree with it, but I love it. It certainly would have been uh, a shame. Uh, was Joe DiMaggio a first ballot Hall of Famer? Did he get in the first ballot? Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he, no. I mean, is he or should he? Oh, yeah, was he or is he? Exactly. We don't remember right, that. Right, we right. also don't remember who got right, in through a veterans right. committee. No, you're right. So it certainly would have been a shame we if don't. we had to wait two years as to who went in the veterans committee and who didn't. More than half the members of the Baseball Hall of Fame were voted in through some sort of veterans committee. So less than half, something like See, you know, 43%. And, and it's something that. that I didn't realize until I, I did some research a couple of years ago because I was curious about that. And I think when you dig in and you're a hardcore fan, you, know, you want to know the history of the game and kind of maybe understand what the writers were dealing with and underst- understand, too, that the, the personal relationships guys had between one another. You know, Ted Williams, obviously first battle Hall of Famer, but if he didn't give you the sound bites and he, you know, he was a little bit hard on the media, then those guys go, fine, Ted, but I'm not going to vote. <laughs> right. I'm not going to give you a yes. Right. Didn't matter. He got in. Ted still made his great speech and even campaigned for Jackie Robinson to make it into the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, so he kind of uh, helped open those doors as well. Um, and, and so ultimately, that, that doesn't really matter. We're not really going to be talking about... We might talk about the fact that it took, you know, 10 ballots uh, to do that. And I think it would have been more of a travesty. It's, it's a more of a talking point why it took 10 years to get Larry Walker in than why didn't Jeter get 100%. That, who that 100% is so much less important than the conversation about why it took 10 years for Larry Walker. That's more important. But ultimately, in through a veterans committee or otherwise, no one's g- you're in. You're in those hallowed halls. I love that take. I, that very last part of it, I think I would disagree with. I, I do think, at least to the player, it matters more. That does. That it does, uh, yes. But, and, and so therefore, but here's a question I've got for you that I, I don't, again, I have no idea even maybe how I feel about this. I, I was so expecting this to go the other way. I've deleted a 1,000-word story. <laughs> I was just throwing fire and brimstone <laughs> and ready to burn the whole thing to the ground. Deleted it or saved it for it's a rainy day? I mean, it's okay, a- rainy day it is. But the number one question I was asked in the last podcast that was posted in the live we did before the announcement was, what needs to change about the, the voting process? Now that Walker is in, are reforms still going to come, or is this a way of saying, actually, no, it, it worked out, so let, why change it? I think it's going to be harder to bring a, about a change because ultimately the, the right thing happened, but I think there does need to be a change. Uh, I don't know what Manny's ideas were for that change. He definitely seemed to have has seems to have had some, but I think one of them is just making the, publics, uh, the, the ballots go public. I think that's the bottom line. And they don't have to go public now. You want to make it a week from now until the ballots go public so maybe people have calmed down a little bit and it's not as vociferous as it is right now or or volatile, I should say. Um, But having the ballots go public, I think, is probably the next step for it where guys think twice and they know they're going to get some crap. They're going to get some guff from people. And and hopefully it's, 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 again, done respectfully and people aren't going crazy and making any kinds of threats because... You know, if you're in that press box for for ten years or more, and you've seen a lot of game, uh, of the game, then you know you you know a lot more than, than maybe some other fans do. But 
you should be able to defend. You know, you, if you write for a living and you, you give out your opinion and you're, and you're making certain analysis, then you should be able to do that too. So the public ballot is, is probably where we're going to be headed. And with the, the voters getting, you know, younger and younger, like yourself and Manny, um, you know, getting that vote somewhere down the line, I think that will start to change and we're going to start to see, you know, people having to explain, well, justify that. And, yes. and you have a vote. You have a privilege. Uh, you'll love this statement, you know, with, with great power comes oh. great responsibility. Yes, sir. Baby. And you got a lot of responsibility when you're voting on the Hall of Fame. I literally could not possibly agree with what you just said <laughs> anymore, which is funny. And, and Patrick and I have been disagreeing on a lot lately. Future podcasts to come. We're, we're ready to. But, but today is not the, the day for that. It is, there is uh, a celebratory atmosphere. What did you think of the crowd in here? We're here at Blake Street Tavern. A lot of people drinking Breckenridge Brew. I'm on my third or fourth Strawberry Sky um, so we got to thank them so much for hosting us. And so many great people were out here to Dan Evans, a GM from the Dodgers and White Sox and an invaluable member of Sabre, especially out here with the Rocky Mountain chapter. Ed Henderson, who's been a scout in baseball for 137 years. And, you know, um, just so many people that were able to make it out. There was that build. Did you feel it in the room when, like, first they said two people? And I think 10% of us went, <gasps> and then they said, five tool guy, and half the room just stood up. And there were sounds, but it was still like right until that moment they said his name, we weren't ready to believe it. And, and I will admit, like, I had to be stand. There was only one place I could stand for this announcement. It was right next to my friend, Manny Randawa. And I just put my face in his chest and just, I've, I haven't felt like this about sports in a very long time. So I wanted to see what your reaction, but that was, that was my reaction in the room. This place exploded. It, it was fantastic. I mean, it was a fantastic turnout to begin with, you know, people wearing their, their Rockies paraphernalia, a lot more than, than when we had an all-star party too. Right? right. So they were, they were just here to be a part of something. And even if, it, you know, Larry did not get in, even if he didn't get those votes and he came up, you know, seven short rather than seven over. We still don't know the final tally yet. I think it still would have been an important moment for all of us in this room that, that we wouldn't have forgotten for various reasons and still new friendships and relationships, you know, bonded. But the fact that he did get in was, it was, it was spellbinding. It was, it was fantastic. It just celebration and, and that, that validation that it, it's all legit. And I really got to kind of start to see things a little bit from your perspective. Um, I, I do a good job of understanding people's perspective, but you never you don't always get to feel it. And I could really like see the weight and I could, you know, feel that, you know, passion coming off like, hey, we really do exist out here. It is right. important. I right. know it's important. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I understand that the history of the game and, and all thirty teams and 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 the love and the passion that people have here and all the history that's been made over at Coors Field. Sure, it might be a blip on the map of the, you know, 100-plus years of the history of the game, but that blip finally got acknowledged today, and yeah. it's much larger than that. Yeah. You know, people were even booking uh, their, their trip. Right. Uh, we got a gentleman right here, Mitchell, you know. Boom. 
book, he just booked book. a flight. He's going to Cooperstown. And that's what everyone's talking about. You going? Yeah, I think I'm going to go. Let's figure something out. I think we're going to try to do something. Might have to rent a bus or something. Well, man. our Saber chapter, we're going to have to try to organize something because it's, you know, it's not a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because you can go to Cooperstown at any time. But take it from a guy who's gone to Cooperstown in February in the winter and no one's there. It's it's kind of sad. It's like a ghost town. <laughs> you want to go when it's there's crowds. You want to go when why is Ryan Klesko signing over there? Yeah. And John Rocker's having a raffle right. and whoever wins the raffle gets to have, you know, free drinks with him Saturday night. These are real things I would that go enter on. That raffle. These are real things <laughs> yeah. that happen in Cooperstown that you can only see if you're there. And Jim you Tommy know, might just Jim Tomei is going to be there. be there. He will be there, no doubt about it. I get I'm we got to go. I I mean I can't imagine there's any way we won't be there now. Rockies are on the road. Uh, they, they finish up on Thursday at a 110 game with Miami. Then uh, they go for three games in Cincinnati. That that might be the least watch, right. you know. Uh, <laughs> Rockies game of, yeah, of the, the season. The numbers for AT&T Sportsnet are not going to be very good because uh, everyone might be in Cooperstown right. hanging out with us. We're going to see if we can have a uh, – well, I, I don't want to spoil it yet, but we might have some special surprises yeah. for those who uh, actually make it all the way out to – to upstate New York, but you got to check it out and and finally really feel like you know you belong there. You know, I, I fans. If you're, a fa- if you're a baseball fan, you you belong there. You should go there. But you want to see the guys that you love and the guys who you have the passion for represented. And when I went last year, you know, to to you know briefly cover Roy Halladay's induction as only the second player from Colorado. Um, to make into the Hall of Fame after Goose Gossage. Um, I got to speak to Jim Tomei, coincidentally. And I, and I walked around the hall just looking and saying, with my radar up of, like, let's see how many pieces of Rocky's paraphernalia there are. And outside of a couple spots where they highlight something from all 30 teams, there was, hey, the 1993 expansion. Like the expansion. There's a pennant and a sock and a, and a Coors, you know, can, right. uh, coolie, what have you. And cool. that's kind of it. You exist. You know what I mean? Barely, and, that, now, and that's it. And now, now there's there's a spot that you're gonna you're not gonna wonder. Hey, what room might I see something that says Colorado on it or Rockies? Or what room can I see a picture or a bust of a Rockies player? Now you know the Great Hall at the center of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Now will have one of your own Rockies fans. One of your own is going to Cooperstown. Man. You got me all. All right. So you remind, I wasn't going to do this right now, but since you got me all, all uh, misty-eyed and whatever. So my mother is here this weekend. Uh, we've been doing a, a, a whole family weekend, gone to an Avs game, a Nuggets game, watched another Avs game, watched the Colorado Rockies do some. I'm going to use the word interesting things and, and, and get back to where we're at now. But you reminded me that. My father, who is, is no longer with us, who never missed a baseball game I ever played in, from T-ball to when I was no longer good enough to play in high school. And like any good father, he, he tried to instill me with some other you know, people to look, take after. His favorite player was Al Kaline. Big right fielder, hit for pop, hit for average, big arm. And he wanted me to have my own. Al Kaline. And there was only one. It was Larry Walker. It had to be Larry Walker. And he was the guy that Dad said, model your game after him. 
He plays the right way. He plays every part of the game. He doesn't just want to hit because the girls like it. He doesn't just want to make the money. He'd just as soon rather be playing hockey. The instincts and the care to play every element of the game. And I learned how to play baseball through my dad describing to me why Larry Walker was good. I didn't play this. I'm right-handed and I played catcher. <laughs> right? Like, we're not... What are we talking about here? You know, why, why Walker? Because he played the game the right way. And I know that's a phrase that some people roll their eyes at sometimes, and I actually totally understand why. There are times that phrase is, is used in not a very positive way. This is a happy day. This is a judgment-free day, so we can say it today. He played the game with unbridled joy and passion and desire to be great at every element of it, even though when he was in the minors, he didn't know you have to touch second base on the way back to first. He wasn't born into it. He was a natural. He was the natural. And because there is this connection to my dad, he was the guy. Watch him play. And I did very closely. And today it happened, and, and I hope somewhere Dad's uh, recognizing the justice that has been done here. Uh, because as a fan of both logic and baseball, and someone who is disinclined to the type of emotion that I've shown in the last 24 hours, he might have been just as emotional today as I was. And I, and I do feel like I, I felt it a bit for him and, and through the process because baseball is a game that's about family and about tradition and about passing down through generations. And like you said, there hasn't been Rocky's tradition, Rocky's family, Rocky's in the big hall. And while I can't take my dad to Cooperstown and say, look, we did it, maybe one day I'll be able to take my kid. Say, there he is. That's the guy my dad told me to model my game after. There he is. And now you get to know, you know, a grandfather you maybe never knew. Yeah. You know, that's... Anyway. Sort of, maybe in some, some corner of, of, of heaven, Al K-Line's going over to your dad saying, hey, Larry, congrats. Yeah. Glad to hear your son, son's guy right. got in, you know? Good day for Larry's. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we talked briefly about you know, the change that this could bring about, you know, they, Larry talked about, you know, Ryan Dempster, you know, jumping on a ferry 45 minutes to get to uh, a game and, and the impact that, well, if Larry Walker can do it, so can I. And so now that there are, are kids all around America, maybe tomorrow morning waking up and their dad says, hey, let's go and uh, let's get some baseball cards or let's watch some highlights of Larry Walker. And maybe a couple, you know, number 33 jerseys, you know, go off the racks tomorrow. And now some kid who maybe is eight, nine years old is thinking, ah, I want to be a football player. That's the sport I want to sign up for, Dad. The number goes mom. up on the wall yeah. April 19th, and kids can go, Mom, Dad, who is that? What's number 33? You Tell mean, me about him. You mean if I'm that good, not only will people 
know my name and my number here in Colorado, but they'll actually know my name all around America and all around the world right. in the hall where baseball is, is, is kept. So, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, we won't know those stories for 10, 15, 20 years, right. but there's going to be some immediate impact on, on people's lives because of this. And, 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 again, going back to it, just that justification of, like, hey, you guys exist. You guys are... You know, I know you're going to Major League Baseball games. You have 81 opportunities a year, and you go to those games. But, you know, 25% of what you're seeing didn't really happen. Right. It doesn't count. Right. Well, right. now it, it, it counts, right? And you go, we can still have the argument. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you know where Larry Walker is going to be in Cooperstown. So it's all good. All ends, you know. It's happy all's, all's, all's well that's, yeah. It uh, ends well. I wonder how Kyle Freeland is feeling today. I think I know how Kyle Freeland is. And, and, and that gets to your point, right? Are we all the Kyle next, Freeland today? In a we way? are all Kyle Freeland today. Remember when Kyle Freeland got drafted by the Colorado Rockies and he just fell into tears and into his father's arms and was just a mess? That was, that was Gab four hours ago. And Mitch and Kale and myself and Manny and... Dan Evans was a general manager for the Dodgers and the White Sox. Tears in his eyes today. Justice has been done. It's amazing. I, finally, but like you said, all's well that ends well. And this has ended well. And we got a couple parties to look forward to, and, and that's maybe yeah, the biggest party. thing. <laughs> the rest is just you know rumors and, and speculation and stuff going on. And you know there's, there's a lot right now in, in uh, the Rockies nation to – that we could focus on as far as the 2020 season goes. But April 19th, you know, he's, he's going up to the rafters right. next to Helton, right. Jackie Robinson, and Kelly McGregor. And July 26th, he's uh, Larry's is going up there with Jackie Robinson again. That's right. Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, maybe you've heard of some of those guys. Stan Musial. They're all, on, they're all on the same. They're on the same team right now. All right, man, good stuff. I, I have got to thank literally every single sponsor that we have because I haven't given them enough shout-outs in the last couple of days. Like, seriously, though, use that Drift Drive service down at the airport. It's super convenient. I don't know what you need from Denver Rubber Company, but you have to get it from them. Go to Mile High Green Cross. Of course, support our friends here at Blake Street Tavern. You can buy Breck Brew here. You might need some Strava Craft coffee once you're, you know, working on off all this Mile High Green Cross and Breck Brew you've been drinking down here. Uh, make sure you check out DC Baseball, uh, Bojo's. Has the best pizza on the planet. Illegal Pizza is, of course, the best burrito that you're gonna find. And subscribe to DNVR. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep sending me questions and comments. I know I've got a huge backlog from the last two days to go through. I'll read them all. Uh, but on this day, January 21st, 2020, which will forever be known as the day that Larry Walker and the Colorado Rockies have entered the Hall of Fame. I want to thank you, Patrick Lyons. Uh, we'll, we'll get We'll catch up with Manny Randawa here very soon. I promise you. I want to thank Kale for hanging around and running the board. Everybody that came out to Blake street tavern tonight. And as I said before, literally everyone who ever liked a tweet about why Walker belongs in the hall. Um, we did it. We did it. So you did it. Thank you so much for listening in. Continue to be absolutely awesome. We will continue to be Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. 
Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.